Hello, friends! Welcome back to Macro Magic with Michelle. I am your host, Michelle Williams. I am a macrobiotic teacher and author of the Macrobiotic Zine, which is available now through my Etsy store, Not Your Average Card. You can also find it at Paradise Gift Shop in LA. Click the link in the description of this episode to purchase your copy. So, today we're going to talk about eggs. Now, I'm gonna talk about this subject from a variety of different angles because if you weren't aware, macrobiotics is a way to look at life in a big picture kind of way. The word, the part of the word macro means big and bios means life. So when I say macrobiotic, all I'm saying is this is a big picture kind of perspective. So there's nothing to be left out. There's nothing to be ignored. There's many ways to look at one thing. And the goal of this lifestyle is for you to understand all these different perspectives and for you to internalize this information and use it in your life in the best way possible to help you accomplish whatever it is you wish to accomplish, whether it be better health whether it be a more calm inner life, whether it be, you know, um, a, a physical goal, anything, anything that you wish to accomplish, macrobiotics can help you accomplish your goals. So, uh, like I said, there's many, many angles. So what I'm going to go ahead and do... Um, is list some benefits of eggs. Um, I'm also going to talk about where do eggs come from, why vegans don't eat eggs, why doctors recommend that you don't eat eggs, um, and if I feel like I've talked a lot in, in, in those portions, I'm going to go ahead and add a segment separately about the macrobiotic perspective. And we're going to talk a, a little bit about the seven levels of eating, the yin and yang spectrum, um, result of eating eggs, um, and what, what would a macrobiotic person do if they had the choice to eat eggs, and also why many vegans and vegetarians eat eggs. So um, let's just uh, let's just get into it. So uh, one of the benefits of eating eggs, if we're talking about, if we're looking at the at this source of nourishment from a scientific perspective, which is the perspective that uh, many of us have grown up with, 
and uh, many people still hold hold as uh, the ultimate truth uh, is actually just one perspective and like I said there's many perspectives um, so it's up to you but in case you didn't know <laughs> some benefits of eggs would include um, I mean a, a big one is that it, it has a lot of protein for such a small item I guess you would say um, that's probably the, the biggest benefit um, and there's also some if you want to uh, break the part of the egg down separately the yolk the yolk has a higher concentration of different kinds of fat and vitamins and the outer part of the egg is doesn't have as much fat um, so uh, a lot of people when they're on different kinds of diets they usually only eat egg whites um, so that is those are some benefits <laughs> of, of eating eggs um, so now I'm going to talk about where do eggs come from so in case you didn't know eggs come from a chicken comes from a female chicken it comes from a hen and how how the chicken produces the egg is very similar to how human women produce an egg so just like females human females we we um, have a cycle and if we don't get pregnant we release our egg which that's our period so it's the same thing for a chicken a chicken has its cycle her cycle and if she doesn't get pregnant she releases an egg now when a, a human releases her egg typically takes about a month you know 28 days something like that of course everybody's on a different cycle all these things um but we typically would produce one egg a month um the chicken can produce um naturally you know a few a few eggs uh, a month um if it was if it was you know left to its natural devices now this is where a lot of people um they don't understand that when you're buying eggs at the store you know you're buying usually a dozen eggs and most of the time the eggs come from chickens who have been forced into um, a small confinement and their whole purpose in this in their life is to make eggs so that the 
farmer can sell them. And they're treated like a machine. So if a chicken naturally only produces a few eggs a month, that's, that doesn't add up to be a very profitable business, right? <laughs> so what they have to do is ingest or um, inject the chicken with extra hormones so that the chicken is constantly producing eggs so that the chicken is constantly on her period so if you think about it that way that's another layer to eggs that's another layer of information where does this come from it comes from a chicken who lived in tight quarters forced to just lay eggs her whole life and it's not it's not a very it's not a very kind way of of treating an animal and if and what helps me what has helped me um not just thinking about eggs but also just thinking about any person (laughs) any animal is to put yourself in that position imagine if your whole purpose in this life not even talking about career because chickens like they don't (laughs) you know what i mean they're just nature and the fact that you know they're not a human they can't speak for themselves they don't you know it's um it's a lot like when Europeans came to America and just kind of overtook everything from the natives. It's a lot, a, a lot of similarities in that way. You know, um, they didn't speak English. They didn't already have a society that was the same. You know, it's like chickens... I mean, you know what I mean? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, And so they're just... So just imagine that. Just imagine yourself being forced in a a small space, being injected with hormones, and your whole life, you're just on your period. And that's it. You don't get paid for it. You don't um, get any kind of benefits. You you don't have a say, even, in in what your life could be like. You're just under the authority of of somebody who has the physical physical advantage over you. You know, a human is larger, and and humans. It is it is true. We do have to make money to survive on this earth, um, and and so to be to be in that position as a chicken it's I mean can you can you imagine how awful you would feel the the chickens feel that way too and um so (laughs) that's where eggs come from um and now there is starting to become a bigger market a higher demand for something called free-range eggs or organic eggs and 
you know, if we're going to talk about the treatment of the chickens and the quality of the eggs and, you know, a little bit more of the ethical side of it, you know, it is, it is slightly, a slightly better, um, business model for the chickens and also honestly if we're going to be real for the farmer because the farmer is creating good karma being kind to his business partner because if you're working with an animal the animal's helping you with your job the animal is your business partner um and it it's also mm, it's uh it's a little bit better for the human ingesting it but i'm not gonna say oh yeah girl go ahead all you need to do is just buy some free-range eggs. Just buy some organic eggs and you're good. No, because we're going to continue talking and you're going to see. <laughs> you're going to see some more. You're going to have uh, different perspectives here. So um, so when they say free-range, they basically mean the chickens have more space in their habitat, in their they have a bigger workspace. They have a, a space to stretch their legs, you know. Um, so there's that, you know. Um, and then if you're going to say or organic eggs, that means that the chickens weren't injected with hormones. So it's a little bit um, more natural. So that's that layer of understanding about eggs. Now, let's get into why vegans don't eat eggs. So, um, this is something that a lot of people have asked me. You know, um, many times it's just easier for me to tell people if, if I'm somewhere where people need to know Um, any kind of dietary restrictions or you know if I'm at at a restaurant or anything like that I just say that I'm vegan even though you know I may be 90-95% vegan you know it kind of fluctuates with me um, and that is that is the that fits in the macrobiotic lifestyle you know there are some people living the macrobiotic life who are vegan and then there's also people who live a macrobiotic life that aren't vegan so you know it's but it's like I can't explain all this if someone's like (laughs) if someone's like hey Michelle you want some hamburger like I can't (laughs) it's just easier for me to say oh it's okay I'm vegan you know like um so So anyways, a lot of people in my regular life, my real life, (laughs) they just, you know, I just tell them I'm vegan. So um, people ask me, you know, Michelle, like, so like, you know, people are confused, like the differences between vegetarian, the differences between being vegan, and people have a hard time understanding why vegans don't eat eggs because that's kind of a a bigger distinction between vegetarians and vegans vegetarians um i I can make a whole separate podcast episode about the history of uh, vegetarianism um but 
the modern day distinction of being a vegetarian is you just don't eat meat. That's it. You don't eat cow meat, chicken meat, um, pig meat, fish meat. You don't eat any meat. That's it. Vegetarians today still eat eggs. Vegetarians today still eat honey. Vegetarians today still eat milk and cheese and dairy. The only thing that sets a vegetarian apart is that they just don't eat meat. What is different between that kind of diet versus a vegan diet is a vegan diet, someone who lives a vegan lifestyle, they don't eat any animal product whatsoever. So they don't eat honey because that came from a bee. They don't eat eggs because it came from a chicken. Um, They don't eat any kind of meat, any kind of dairy. And again, I can make a whole uh, podcast episode about the history of this vegan lifestyle. But essentially, the vegan lifestyle came from from uh, some a person's visit to a dairy farm and they saw how horrible the animals were treated and then from this he began the vegan dietary movement and so I will explain more about this later when I talk about the seven levels of eating. But basically, this vegan diet emerged from compassion for animals. It didn't emerge from scientific study of what's healthy and what's not healthy. The, all of this research for plant-based eating came later. What came first when the word vegan came about was compassion for animals so um that is why vegans don't eat eggs now um many doctors have now have now advised against eating eggs and the biggest reason why doctors have been promoting you know better not to eat eggs um is because like i mentioned before in in um in the benefits of eggs see you see where you you see where it's where it's it's starting to go a benefit just because something is a benefit doesn't mean oh okay so it's fine because there is two sides to every coin there's many perspectives on the same subject and depending on who you are what you believe in what are your physical you know imbalances what are your mental imbalances where do you want to go what are your morals there's many things to consider so like i said you know one of the benefits of eggs is you know, a good source of healthy fats. But now they're also a source of unhealthy fats. Okay? Um, This is something that 
people need to understand about food is that food, there's no food that's good and there's no food that's bad. Food has benefits and it also has things that you have to consider. So that's what I'm saying. You know, you have to be able to look at things from many different perspectives and from there decide, okay, what's best for me? What do I need to heal? What do I need? What do I want to accomplish? You know, and from there, choose your food accordingly because a food that is marvelous for me and my issue may be horrible for somebody else and their issue. You feel me? So doctors are now recommending not to eat eggs because they can clog your arteries. Specifically, they're talking about the fats found in the yolk. Now, like I said, some people, (laughs) some people is not that big of an issue, but... Um, we'll talk about we'll talk about this more later when we talk about um, the macrobiotic perspective on eggs. So, um, so you know, so to just kind of finish this up, why doctors don't recommend eating eggs is because they do they are known to clog arteries, which you know your arteries are passages that carry blood, you know, to and from your heart. So if there's any kind of blockages here, it's going to create some problems for your heart. That's why a lot of people with um, heart problems, you know, um, cholesterol problems, they are advised not to eat eggs and specifically the yolk of the egg. So, now I'm going to go ahead and talk about the macrobiotic perspective on eggs. So, if you guys are not familiar with the philosophy of macrobiotics, is based off of ancient Chinese medicine is based off of transformations of energy. So you're going to hear a lot a lot of yin and yang. You're going to hear a lot of um, a lot about the five element theory. Um, so you're going to hear me say fire energy. You're going to hear me say wood energy, soil energy, water energy metal energy and um and you can always do more research for yourself i always encourage that there's plenty of books out there if you would like some one-on-one guidance on this philosophy you can schedule a coaching call with me which you can find the link to my schedule in the description of this episode. But here we go. So first I'm going to talk about the yin and yang spectrum of food. 
and I'm also going to add a few other things that aren't food, but people ingest them. Um, so, so if we think about food on a spectrum, like I said, nothing is good, nothing is bad, it's just varying degrees of energy, it's just varying degrees of contractive energy, which is yang, or yin energy, which is expansive. So, the most yang substance that we ingest is table salt. It's the most tightening, contractive, pressurized substance that we can eat. And when we eat that, that's what happens to our body, that's what happens to our organs, our mind, everything becomes tightened and pressurized and contractive. And too much of, of yang energy is not a good thing. Too much yin energy, too much opening and expansion is also not a good thing. So the key is to try to stay in the middle and depending on, again, your specific issues, mental health issues, physical health issues, your goals in life, you have to eat accordingly for your specific needs. So if we go ahead, we move a little bit further up from the ultimate yang, which is table salt, then we have... Um, I'm gonna get my I actually if you guys are interested the next issue of the macrobiotic zine is going to be about more about food the first issue was focused on the philosophy and now the second issue is set to come out January 1st and I'm going to speak more on the daily practice which includes food so I'm going to be looking at the spectrum that I made for my um, issue number two so from table salt then we actually have on one second friends I actually made a second draft oh okay so now a little bit further up from table salt then we actually have human flesh. Now I know what a lot of you are thinking. Michelle, what the heck? How can you put human flesh on a food spectrum? Well, you'll, you'll see uh, as I get further along in this episode why it's important to include this. And it's true, there, there are cannibals out there. And... I also include this so that you can see how closely other things that we eat are to human flesh and how on the opposite side of the spectrum, people use certain substances to, you know, for a number of reasons, 
Um, and uh, you'll see that by by taking these other substance to substances, it's you know there is a time and a place for everything. But when you understand, oh, I think I'm taking this because X, Y, and Z, but really you should only be taking that if you're eating this. Okay? <laughs> Yin and yang is a balance. Is is opposite energies creating balance. So if you were to eat human flesh in order to balance this, you're going to have to take this. So it helps you to understand people, you know, uh, certain kinds of people. It helps you understand certain kinds of behaviors so that you you don't um, shame anybody. You, you understand why people do the things that they do and you have compassion. You have better understanding for why someone might choose to ingest this, why someone behaves this way. And like I said before, the more that you understand, the greater your options are in this life. So let's continue. Next step on the yang to yin spectrum from human flesh is actually the topic of this episode eggs that's the next next most yang substance that humans consume so you can see (laughs) how close in terms of energy in terms of what harm or how our body is affected by eggs is very close as if we were eating another human. Next, next from the eggs um, going up towards yin is mammalian meat. So any meat from an a-, a mammal. Um. I mean. If you don't know what a mammal is, <laughs> it's basically animals like us. Animals that, um, when they make babies, their babies um, nurse off of a breast. Um, there's there's more qualifications. Uh, you know, you can you can look it up for yourself. What makes an animal a mammal? There's different kinds. You know what I mean? If you were, if you remember in junior high when you learned when you were in biology, you learned about kingdoms and species and um, all that all that kind of kind of thing. So, um, m- mammalian animals would include cows. Those would also include pigs. Um, anything that when they give birth to a baby, the baby nurses off of the the mother. So when humans give birth to a baby, the babies usually breastfeed. I mean, now there's a whole bunch of other things happening, so maybe that's not always the case, but um, in nature, that is the case. Now, moving up from mammalian meat on the 
yang to yin food spectrum is hard cheese any kind of hard cheese um cheddar um parmesan cheeses that are hard and oftentimes more salty so um if you would like to know um why it's more on the yang side well first of all it's harder which um a characteristic of yang is hard is something being hard um another characteristic of something being more yang is something being salty because the ultimate yang substance is table salt so makes sense um and then from there then we have poultry so um poultry is any kind of bird um turkey chicken any kind of bird and now here is where we kind of we're getting more towards the center of the spectrum if you purchase my upcoming zine issue number two you will be able to see this um, more clearly because i have it laid out in a nice visual um but poultry is actually closer to the center of the spectrum that's why some macrobiotic people do eat a little bit of animal food if you know certain if their health is in a certain condition if their goals are a certain way if they're born with a certain constitution it might be it might be beneficial for somebody to have a little bit of poultry now a little bit further up on the spectrum closer to the center is fish and again um some macrobiotic people do eat fish once in a while some macrobiotic people eat fish more often um and it's a better option if you are someone who doesn't want to give up meat completely you know um fish and chicken would be better um sources of meat rather than mammalian meat if you if you are wanting to transition to a healthier lifestyle now right smack dab in the middle of the spectrum is actually whole grains whole grains are the perfectly balanced food between yang and yin whole grains are smack dab in the middle which is why you'll often see in pretty much every macrobiotic book whole grains are the staple to this lifestyle and when we talk about whole grains we're talking about a grain in its complete form so brown rice quinoa millet barley amaranth buckwheat excuse me oats 
um, we're talking about the whole grain. And I can make a whole other episode just talking about whole grains, but for the purpose of this episode, it's right smack dab in the middle, it's the most balanced food. Okay, so now we're going to move on. Um, now, since that was the smack dab in the middle, we're going to, from here on up, we're going to continue going towards the more yin substances. So, from whole grains, then we have beans. So, soybeans, kidney beans, garbanzo beans, any kind of bean. It's, it's still closer towards the center, which is why... If you're living this lifestyle, it's it's encouraged that you eat more plant-based sources of protein like beans and tofu. So, because tofu is a soybean product, it's a better option um, for people who who want to live a more plant-based life beans are a better source of protein if that is your goal now a little bit further up from beans are vegetables so vegetables i mean they they are more yin in quality but so when I talk about yin energy, I'm talking about things that open you up more, that open your organs up more, that open your mind up more, that open your energy up more. So if we're talking about how we can look at the spectrum of yin and yang a little bit more broadly, the first half of the spectrum, the more yang half, is animal food. Whole grains are in the middle, and whole grain is a plant. So from whole grains, from the middle and onwards, more yin, it's all plant foods. It's all, all these foods, all these substances come from plants, whereas on the first half of the spectrum, it all comes from animals. So you already see there's a difference in energy right there. If you think about animals, they are like us, more like us in a way. They have blood, they have babies, you know, um, they make nests, they make, <laughs> they make homes, they're more like us. Whereas plants, you know, it's a very different kingdom. It's a very different, very different species than we are. Um, and in general, the a general kind of um, thing to keep in mind is that in order to live your best life, it's encouraged to eat foods that are as different from you as possible that's part of the reason why we don't really eat eggs we don't eat mammals (laughs) we don't eat hard cheeses because those things are too much like us so it that's why it's encouraged if you are going to eat meat you eat meat from an animal that's very different from us so like poultry they have feathers 
they lay eggs, they have beaks, very different than humans. Fish, they live in the ocean, they have scales, they lay eggs, they swim, they can't breathe on, they can't breathe air, very different from us. And plants, I mean, do plants, (laughs) do plants, um, make a home? Do they build a home for themselves? I mean, they're similar to us in that they have seeds, and that is, I guess, their offspring, but the plants don't attract, you know, there's no courtship in plants. Plants just create their own seeds. They just, you know, the the seeds don't nurse off of the plant, you feel me? So, um, that's the theme of this. So, vegetables would be next, uh from beans and then from vegetables the next up on the spectrum are seeds now seeds are you know a lot of the times people group seeds and nuts together you might have seen that on different food pyramids um different holistic or um different nutritionists might just group seeds and nuts together but in macrobiotics we actually separate the seeds and nuts and why that is is because if you didn't know uh the macrobiotic lifestyle has helped many people recover from diseases that western medicine has claimed no cure um you can you can do your own research on this there's been books written about certain people and actually one of the most influential teachers of macrobiotics um kind of gave the name to this lifestyle macrobiotics he was diagnosed with tuberculosis when he was 19 everyone in his family suffered from this disease they all died and he refused to die <laughs> so he went back to ancient Japanese lifestyle it should be noted he was Japanese and he cured himself and so from here on he's really promoted this big way of living this ultimate way of living so so when you're dealing with with someone who has a more intense disease you can't just this is part of the reason why there's so much to macrobiotics because if people can cure themselves by living this way there has to be much more understanding it can't be a general thing because it's a more intricate subject you know there's many factors to a disease so you can't just generally say oh yeah just eat this and this and don't eat that like you have if someone is struggling with a very serious delicate specific condition you can't give them general guidelines you have to be more specific and detailed and and if you've ever taken um, a macrobiotic class a macrobiotic cooking class if you ever listen to a lecture on macrobiotics your mind will be blown about how much detail can go into a dish how cutting a vegetable a certain way changes the energy how just 
your own thoughts while cooking the food changes the energy. It's very, very interesting. So anyway, so here we have next up from vegetables, like I said, we have seeds. So seeds are a little bit more yang and a little bit less yin. So oftentimes people with certain diseases, they're encouraged not to eat nuts. So instead, they eat seeds. It's a little bit less yin. It's a little bit more balanced. It's a little bit more towards the center. And remember what I said, eating more towards the center is, the, is generally the best for everybody. You eliminate extremes. And by eating more towards the center, eating more balanced, you are more balanced in your mind, in your body, and your you have more control over yourself which in turn you have more authority over your life so you can accomplish whatever you wish to accomplish with greater ease next from seeds then we have nuts so nuts are tend to be a little bit larger than seeds so again that's another characteristic of yin is Remember what I said, yin is expansion. So something larger, that's an indication something is more yin. So seeds versus nuts, seeds tend to be smaller. They tend to be tighter in their energy, in their constitution. So then when we have nuts, they're larger. They usually have more oil, more fat. They're more yin. And that's another thing. Um, Oil is a higher concentration of yin it's a higher concentration of fat and if you think about when you put oil and water together what does the oil do it floats up so that is upwards energy that is expansive energy that is floating energy that is more yin so from nuts then we have fruit So, a lot of people, um, I mean, I can talk, I mean, I can talk about fruit, that's a whole other episode, (laughs) but a lot of people just assume, like, oh yeah, like, fruit, yeah, let's eat more fruit, like, oh, there's no problem, what's the problem in eating fruit, and it's like, if you're coming from the standard American diet where you're used to eating mammalian meat, cow and pig meat, eggs, cheese, and you're also used to eating refined white sugar, yeah, fruit is going to be a better option. But if you're thinking about a balance, the most balanced lifestyle for yourself, you know, fruit is something to be eaten sparingly it's not um you wouldn't have a bowl of fruit in the morning (laughs) you wouldn't uh i mean unless you lived somewhere that was very tropical very hot then that might that might be something um then from fruit then we have caffeine any kind of caffeine which includes caffeine found in chocolate caffeine found in tea caffeine found in coffee um is more expansive energy it's 
a more upwards energy. That's why, um, I mean, again, I can make a whole episode on caffeine alone. Um, next we have sugar and I'm, I'm talking about refined white sugar. Oftentimes people get, people are very confused today. They're very, very, very confused. And when they talk about sugar, when they hear about sugar, they equate sugar to, they equate refined white sugar as being the same as sugar found in grains, as sugar found in fruit. And they say, oh, I'm going to cut out all kinds of sugar, so I'm not going to eat any grains, I'm not going to eat any fruit. And it's like, you know... If we're, if we're a society that values scientific evidence so much, why are we forgetting that in every science textbook, when it says, what do human cells run off of? Sugar. And when those scientists were writing those books, they weren't thinking about a Kit Kat bar. They were thinking about whole grains. They were thinking about natural sugars they weren't you see what i'm saying (laughs) you see what i'm saying um but we're talking about macrobiotics here uh so refined white sugar is chemicalized it is highly processed the process that sugar cane goes through to become sugar as we know it refined white sugar as we know it is the same process that the poppy seed goes through to become cocaine that is the extreme transformation that something whole and you know in its plant form had to go through to become what it now becomes so when something when something goes through a process like that becomes chemicalized it becomes worse for you the the effect that it has on you becomes much more extreme so um so that is that is what i'm saying about sugar and from here is kind of is kind of um, the end point as far as food goes on the spectrum. But what's interesting is the the yin spectrum spectrum actually continues. And now I'm going to talk about substance substances that not everyone consumes, but they're substances that are common. They're not necessary to live your life. Um, And it's interesting because the ultimate yang was table salt. And the ultimate yin as far as food is sugar. But now it's imbalanced. Our spectrum today is imbalanced because we have more yin substances than sugar that people are consuming regularly. And without greater awareness so when i talk about these next few things you have to keep in mind that the spectrum of yin and yang the spectrum 
of opposing energies creating balance now stops. So when I talk about these next substances, there's nothing on the other side of the spectrum that cancels it out. So what people have to do when they consume these other substances that I'm going to talk about is you they have to eat animal food. You can't get mad at these people for eating hamburgers, for eating eggs, for killing animals, for not listening to all this information about, you know, that being vegan is the best way to go and, you know, all these things because it's like, if people are consuming more extreme yin than sugar, these people actually need to be eating animal food in order to keep their balance. Now, of course, I'm right there with you. It's not the best in terms of planetary health. It's not the best in terms of having consideration for animals. It's not the best in terms of their own health to be eating animal food. But because they're ingesting these extreme yin substances, you know, it's like... It's like they have to keep their own personal balance. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I hope that I can (laughs) make this more clear as I go on. Or maybe in another episode. So, now, more yin than sugar. What is more yin than sugar? Alcohol. Alcohol is, again, a more concentrated substance of other things most of the time is made with grain is made with sugar um, and it's more concentrated it's also a liquid which um, things having water whether it be vegetables whether it be fruit whether it be juice excuse me um, alcohol is more liquid and liquid water, things being wet, that's more yin. That's more, um, that's a quality of yin. Something being more dry and more hard, that's a quality of yang. So something being more, um, hydrating, something having more water is more yin. So if something is just like a juice, that's higher concentration of yin. If something is alcohol, higher concentration of yin, especially alcohol. And something about alcohol, again, I can talk about this forever. Alcohol actually opens you up towards spirits. That's why they call alcohol spirits. It opens you up to the spiritual realm. And like I said, some people need that. Some people need that. If someone is consuming a lot of animal food they become so contracted it's only natural that their body craves the opposite yin to open themselves up so now i'm gonna go ahead and talk about um 
I'm going to talk about cannabis. So, cannabis is more yin than alcohol. And like I said just now about alcohol, about how if someone eats a lot of animal food, they become so contracted, they need a release, they need to be opened up. It's only natural. Yin and yang is a law of nature. It's just how it runs. Think you can't you can't live your whole life only consuming yang energy, only doing yang energy things. It's not going to it's not gonna, that's not the way the universe works. It's yin and yang and creating a balance. So I'm going to use this example what happened in the 60s when so many white people started consuming drugs, started consuming cannabis, their minds were opened to the spiritual realm. Their minds were opened to see a broader perspective. Their minds were opened to see a bigger picture. You know, people in America up until the 60s, you know, very racist, very segregated, very prejudiced, very separate. Things were separate, you know? And what what was kind of the big theme of the 60s in America? Things started to open up, not only in terms, not only in terms of drugs becoming popularized and more mainstream but the civil rights movement gained a lot of traction you know things started to open up for different people of different ethnicities and races not only that but for women you know women were kept down were seen separately they had a separate you know, um, separate way of being dealt with in society, separate, you know, and in the, in the 60s and the 70s, women started to become, have, be, they started to be, have more rights, more, um, openness, more equality. Not only that, in, um, during this time period, you know, people who, who, identified as gay, lesbian, queer, trans, you know, started started to become more out and open. Not only that, but like I said, when these when these, you know, white people started taking drugs, they started to see the benefits of other cultures. So that's where, you know, yoga started to become popular. Um, meditation started to become popular. Um, you know, different different ideas, alternative ways of spirituality, astrology. Um, you know, more. I'm talking. I'm talking about um, because you know, crystals and crystal healing. You know, that this has been around for forever. It's always been here. <laughs> Rocks are older than we are. So, so I mean, come on now. Um, but 
I'm, I'm talking about the Western world, you know, white people started to see the values, started to be into crystals, started to be into tarot. So um, their minds were opened up. So, so um, you know, as much as I, I personally um, don't advocate for cannabis and for taking any kind of mushrooms or any kind of drugs, I really don't promote that. But the fact is that it has helped, helped certain groups of people become more educated, become more empathetic. Because actually, that is a quality of yin energy. Yin energy is more feminine. Yin energy is more artistic. Yin energy is larger, more encompassing, opening up energy. Versus yang energy is more masculine, more closed off. Um, you know, uh, and not so accepting of of big of different ideas. Not so not so empathetic, more, um, more, you know, self-centered. So, um, so there, there are definite benefits, but it's like, you see where I put, you see where I am saying that cannabis is versus the spectrum. So what's on the other, actually, you know what? (laughs) So the most, the most um, popular macrobiotic teacher, Michio Kushi, once was asked in a lecture, and now you have to remember, Michio Kushi actually, his popularity gained traction in the 60s when everyone's mind was opening up towards different ideas. Now, this is also the 60s was also when the health food revolution started so of course Michio Kushi was a part of that um so you know so of course you know a lot of macrobiotic people were also I mean they were mostly white people but they were also people who were getting high um a lot of a lot of people coming to these lectures you know had smoked pot before were drug addicts all these things because it was an alternative way to heal and you have to rem- remember at this time too, mental health, the way that um, mental illnesses were being dealt with were very, I'm going to say, antiquated. You know, um, there, there really wasn't a diagnosis for eating disorders yet. How they dealt with certain types of mental illness was, you know, lobotomy, which is like brain surgery. Um, electrocution, you know, throwing people in bathtubs of cold water, like all these crazy, crazy, crazy things that this wasn't that long ago. This was within, I mean, my boyfriend was alive during the 60s. My, my dad was, my parents were born in the 60s. You know, it wasn't that long ago that, you know, people had lacked great understanding. So, Anyways, so someone asked me, Chokushi, what would balance out if someone were smoking pot? How would I balance smoking pot? 
And the answer was human flesh. So if you're someone that is is currently partaking in smoking cannabis, just remember that the energy extreme of what's happening there in order to balance yourself I mean I'm not saying go go out and eat someone but um, you're creating that imbalance there such extreme yin such extreme expansive energy you know you can't keep that up for very long which um, I'm going to talk about this in a minute but um why sometimes people who are vegan actually can't maintain that status of being vegan because oftentimes vegans also smoke pot. And you can't be eating plant-based and raw and fruit and smoking pot and not have any kind of contraction energy. It's just not going to work. So, um, and then the ultimate, the ultimate yin substance would be medications and here there's no difference when i'm talking about yin and yang there's no difference in energy when it comes to medications that are prescribed and medications that are not prescribed so you know this would also include heroin cocaine um all of that stuff would be ultimate ultimate yin energy more expansive energy and like i said all of these substances here um alcohol cannabis medical and recreational drugs if you were to look on the opposite side of the spectrum you know there's way more yin substances available to us now than there are yang substances and the yang substances are not ones that we really want to consume so we have to think about are these extreme yin substances worth it that's up that's up to you to decide so um let's see okay so i talked about the spectrum Now, we're going to talk about the seven levels of eating. And um, for this, I'm actually going to refer to one of my macrobiotic books. I'm going to be reading from the Book of Macrobiotics, The Universal Way of Health and Happiness by Michio Kushi. So here, um, you can find this information in a few other books. Oftentimes you'll see you'll see a pattern in macrobiotic books that they tend to talk about the same things but maybe in a different way. And what I have found reading all these books throughout the years is that sometimes I have questions. You know, um, if I read something in one book and it's not making total sense to me, you know, maybe sometime later I start reading another book and I get the missing information that answers my question. You feel me? 
So I'm going to be reading the seven levels of eating. So the eating manners of all people of the world belong to one of the following seven levels according to their levels of judgment and consciousness. So the first level of eating. Eating spontaneously according to appetite without using any clear consciousness. People of this level eat whatever is available around them. Their way of living is to respond spontaneously with no thought or idea to any external stimulus. Second level. Eating according to sensory desire, including taste, smell, color, and volume. People of this level are those who are following popular tastes, seeking food more satisfying to the senses, seeking sensory pleasure and satisfaction of, de- of the desires through any venture is their way of life. Third level, eating according to emotional satisfaction. These people prefer an atmosphere and dish arrangement appealing to their sentimental comfort, often using music, candles, and certain patterns of dishes for aesthetic reasons. Some of them advocate vegetarianism for the sentimental reason that they do not wish to kill animal life. So I'm just going to pause right there for a minute. Uh, so, like I mentioned earlier, um, I, I mentioned, I talked about, um, vegetarianism, I talked about veganism, and I talked about how this, um, concept of being a vegan came from someone's compassion for the animals, and you see when we talk about the levels of eating, this motivation to eat differently is only a third level of consciousness, a third level of judgment. So when we are talking talking to people about about um, you know kind of advocating for a vegan lifestyle you know it's it's amazing it's so important to have compassion towards other living things but that it that is where also too just because you're vegan doesn't mean you're necessarily eating the best way for your health you know coming from a place of compassion and emotional comfort and kindness that is that is definitely something to be considered but it's not the ultimate understanding of eating okay so um i just wanted to to mention that um so here we go we have the fourth level eating according to intellectual justification 
This way of eating is generally based upon nutritional theory, including concepts of calories, vitamins, enzymes, protein, carbohydrates, fats, minerals, and many other various food components. This is the theoretical way of eating in modern society, but its defect is a lack of large view of the biological nature of humanity in relation with the environment and the absence of a truly comprehensive principle. So now, um, you also heard me earlier in this episode talk about um, the way that most of us have grown up looking at food, which is in a scientific way. That is only the fourth level of understanding. So when people focus on just this, carbohydrates, calories, vitamins, you know, you're not looking at the whole picture. And I've had experiences when um, I'm promoting myself as a health mentor that can help you with weight loss, can help you with your mental health, can help you with your, with your, um, muscle, you know, um, building your muscle, all these things. People say, oh, but are you a nutritionist? No, but what I'm speaking on is grander, is a bigger picture. I know about carbohydrates, I know about vitamins, I know about minerals, but what I'm talking about transcends, you feel me? So um, that's why I often, um, I, I, um, I don't really encourage people to seek advice from a nutritionist if, you know, if what they're dealing with, honestly, I really don't. I really don't encourage people to seek advice from a nutritionist really at all. <laughs> but, you know, if that's where you're guided towards, that's where you're guided towards. But um, just because it's, it's a limited perspective. So here we go. Fifth level. Eating according to social conscious. This way of eating is based upon the idea of fair distribution, often with the principle of equality. At the same time, ethics and morals as well as economic consciousness controls the kinds and volumes of food consumed. Socialistic control in food production and distribu- <laughs> distribution belongs to this level. Also, national and international economy economy often administers food programs on this level. So this would be um, thinking like, um, you know, thinking of like, where does my food come from? And how do the workers creating my food, what is their life like? You know? Um, uh, you know, thinking in a, in a big see, see, see how it become each level is a broader perspective. So, um, 
what comes to mind when I think about the fifth level of eating is actually when the U.S. was um, participating in World War II. You know, we had food rations. Um, there was like limitations on how much families could buy of certain food items because our country was at war and they, you know, we um, really prioritized prioritized helping our country win, you know, so in order to help the soldiers and help the military, people at home had to make a sacrifice, you know what I mean? So that's what I feel um, correlates with the fifth level. Okay, sixth level, eating according to ideological belief. The way of eating based upon traditional religious and spiritual teachings belongs to this level. Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, Shintoism, Shintoism, sorry, and many other traditional teachings, including dietary principles. This way of eating is now either blindly followed or is ignored in modern society. So, um, the sixth level is is incorporating the spiritual aspect of life. And, um, you know, yin and yang, that's a balance of physical and spiritual. Physical would be the yang and spiritual would be the yin. So oftentimes on earth we forget our spiritual part of life. But, you know, certain religions um, include some kind of dietary guideline, but it is true. Most people today, they either ignore the um, dietary guideline of their spiritual beliefs or, or they just blindly follow them without really knowing, you know, what is this about? But it is good, it is always good to incorporate um, spirituality into your eating. It's a, it's a broader perspective, it's a more balanced perspective. That's why it's the sixth level. Okay. Now, seventh level, the last level, eating according to free consciousness. This way is to eat according to clear initiative judgment, exercised freely. This intuitive way of eating does not oppose any kind of food, yet automatically selects and prepares food to make the best adaptability to the environment. This way is also to eat in order to realize one's dream. So here, this is the macrobiotic perspective. This is the way that I encourage you to look at your food. It includes intuition. It includes being open, not restricting yourself, but having the understanding, having the knowledge of what this food will do to you 
And does that support your highest purpose? Does that support what you're trying to accomplish? Does that help you heal from whatever imbalance you're having? So, um, the seventh level, that's the level that I'm promoting. That's the level of macrobiotics. And that's the level I, I hope that you all can achieve. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and finish this page here. It says, the lower levels of eating produce more disharmony between people and the natural environment, resulting in physical, mental, and spiritual chaos. The higher levels of eating produce more harmonious relations with the environment. However, the ways of eating from the first to the sixth levels eventually result in disorder. Only the seventh level of eating can secure health, happiness for individuals, and society as a whole. This way of eating begins from the understanding of the order of the universe and biological clarification of clouded consciousness through the practice of proper diet for some period. So... Here, you know, um, I mean, I can, I can honestly talk about this forever. Clouded consciousness. There's a lot of that today. So much clouded consciousness, you know, which is why, I mean, all of these levels, I mean, you know, people say, when I say, they say, they ask me, Michelle, what are like the most important things about being macrobiotic? You know, they're asking me in terms of eating. You know, a lot of people don't want to know the philosophy, to be honest with you. A lot of people just want to know, okay, what should I eat? Which is like, you're not giving yourself ultimate freedom when you depend on someone to tell you what to eat. Ultimate freedom is understanding a bigger picture and deciding for yourself. When you rely on someone, you're not free. You're reliant. Better to be self-reliant because you're not always going to have someone around. Your own knowledge is your inner compass, is your guidance, is your, is God. People look outside of themselves way too much. You know, humanity suffers from not understanding that they have the power within So, um, you know, when I say, oh yeah, you know, you just, you just focus on chewing better. You know, they don't understand that. What? Well, how's that going to help me? You know, or I say whole grains are so important. What? But I thought like carbs are bad and they're sugar and... And when I say, you know, you really shouldn't be eating eggs. What? But there's so much protein. You know, you have too much of of 
limited perspectives in your mind. And the more that you can see different aspects, the more that you can make a better decision. And um, here it says, practice of proper diet for some period. You can't, you can't just eat brown rice, kale, and tofu once and decide, ah, well, I didn't lose any weight. Well, my skin still has pimples. Well, I still hate myself. You know, you just ate it. You just ate a balanced meal once. You gotta practice it. It's like anything. You have to practice it. You have to stick with it sometime before you can make a clear judgment. So that is the seven levels of eating. I'm going to um, transition now to talk about something else um, on this topic of eggs. So some results of eating eggs. What can happen when you eat eggs? And actually, this is kind of what prompted me to even make this episode today. Um, I know quite a few of people, quite a few people who are struggling with um, conditions that are a result of eggs. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm reading now from the Cancer Prevention Diet. The Macrobiotic Approach to Preventing and Relieving Cancer by Michio Kushi and Alex Jack. And now this edition is actually revised and updated, um, 25th anniversary edition. So this book was originally written in, uh, let me look here. Originally written... nineteen seventy nine so uh twenty five years later it was updated with research um you know more current research because in nineteen seventy nine there really wasn't much research done on a plant based way of living but by two thousand nine there has been much more scientific evidence so this book was updated to include that. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and read a part here. I had it. I'm going to read from two different places. Okay. So. So, I'm not sure where the last segment cut me off, but I'm going to go ahead and read. This is The Cancer Prevention Diet, The Macrobiotic Approach to Preventing and Relieving Cancer by Michio Kushi and Alex Jack, originally written in 1979, updated and revised with more um, current research 25 years later in 2009 when more research has been done on dietary impact on cancer. So um, here 
um, the chapter is called colon and rectal cancer. For cancers, oh, sorry, dietary recommendations. For cancers of the large intestine, the ascending, transverse, and descending colon, and the rectum, it is advisable to eliminate all animal food, including beef, pork, and other kinds of meat, chicken, and eggs, and cheese and other dairy food, which are the primary cause of this type of cancer. So... If you would like to read this book, I definitely encourage you to, but I'm going to give you a general um, synopsis of what this book talks about. So basically talks about, you know, what kinds of food contribute to more yin types of cancers, which are more yin foods. And the more yin type of cancer is ones are ones that affect the upper part of the body because like I said yin energy is more expansive is upward energy so when you eat too much yin the parts of your body that will be affected would be the upper parts of your body breast cancer thyroid um, brain tumors and um, just just in the opposite way, more yang types of food will affect more yang types of cancer, which are lower lower organs affected. So here, colon and rectal cancer and all these foods that they mentioned um, as primary causes were all yang foods. Now that's not to say that... Um, like, if someone has bre- breast cancer, it's only because they ate too much sugar and dairy. No, of course. If someone's eating sugar and dairy, they're probably also eating eggs, and they're also probably eating meat, too. But it's that excess imbalance. You feel me? Okay, I'm going to continue. Um, here, this chapter is called Female Reproductive Cancers. And again, I'm going to read the portion called Dietary Recommendations. Cancer in the ovary is largely caused by overconsumption of eggs. The topic of this video and other food-rich protein and rich in fat. So um, here I would really like to talk to you all those who are following the keto diet that diet promotes huge reliance on protein huge reliance on fat and has the keto diet been something that's been around since ancient times has this diet been around long enough for us to have research on people who follow this diet no but by all of this information we already have we can conclude that the future for these people who are consuming so much animal food in the name of protein in the name of fat it's 
your trajectory doesn't look nice. Um, so, uh, I'm, I mean, I could read more in this book about eggs and all that, but I'm just going to say, um, a few other, a few other things that can happen when you eat too much eggs. So, um, you know, often, so what comes to my mind when when I hear, you know, I know a lot of females who have problems with their uterus, have problems with their ovaries, have problem, you know, sexual, sex organ problems, you know, um, they all eat eggs. And what comes to my mind is where do these eggs come from? If you just think about what the chicken goes through, their whole purpose on this earth in a factory farm is to be constantly menstruating. And then you eat the product of that. Just on an energetic level can't you see the correlation between consuming a prod you're literally consuming the chickens period not only that the chicken was in great distress when she created that product now you consume it it's a part of you can you see the correlation between that energy and now the energy that you have the problems that you have with your sex organs painful periods irregular periods excess bleeding any kind of sex organ problem you're eating an egg you make eggs do you see that correlation so Honestly, I wish that I could, I honestly wish I could give everyone a one-to-one consultation, help them get themselves on the right track, but not everybody is open to that. So I can't be out here, you know, talking to all my friends, telling them, you know, what can help them and all that, you know, they don't want to hear it. And I don't, I don't want to be wasting my time, you know, that's why I offer my consultation calls in exchange, monetary exchange, because it's just a more fair way to go, you know, um, but for all of, all of those friends, all those people I know that suffer from female sex organ problems, you know, I want to tell you stop eating dairy, I want to tell you, you know, increase your whole grains, start eating more vegetables, but honestly, if you just want one thing to take away, if you suffer from those problems, stop eating eggs. And like I said, someone very close to me recently has told me, 
know, a surgery they had to get done. And I asked her, I said, are you still eating eggs? The protein that you find in eggs, the vitamins, the fats, all that is not worth the result that you can get. And I know there's many people out there, well, I eat eggs and I don't have a problem. Okay, well, you don't have a problem now. Everybody's different, you know? There's plenty, it's just like there's plenty of people out there using the excuse, you know, my grandpa ate hamburgers every day and smoked cigars and never exercised and he lived to be 110 years old. But you're not your grandpa. Your grandpa lived in a different time. He probably came from a different place. He was literally built differently. And the fact is, I keep repeating, the fact is, if we live today, especially in America, we all have issues with our health. Just because you don't feel them now, just because you don't see them now, that doesn't mean we don't have to worry about them. We don't have to take preventative measures. Because the more that we say, oh, it's fine, oh, it's fine, oh, it's fine, it builds up, it builds up, and one day your doctor tells you you got two months to live, and now you're scared, and now you don't know what to do. All right, so we have... um. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about... Okay, one more thing before I, st- before I move on to the next part of this. Um, another thing that can happen... You know, I was talking about females. But what, what happens, you know, for a male and females too... Um, what happens also when you eat... When you eat eggs, you become you know, more contracted. And so what, what are some symptoms? Uh, what are some, excuse me, um, I know what you would call them. Markers of too much contraction of, you know, what could this be a result of? If you're, um, If you have really strong urges to release in a sexual way, because when you have that urge, it's too much yang energy. You know, you think about males, the way that males are built, this is just the way that they're built, they have more masculine energy, they have more yang energy, that's why you know, they naturally need to release more. They have a higher sex drive. So when you consume too much food, too much yang energy type of food, you become, you have more masculine energy. You need to release more. You have more, 
you know, sexual urges. So if you're feeling like you suffer from that, you know, you probably are consuming too much animal product, including eggs. And what would help you is if you lightened up on consuming those foods. Um, I'm going to say a little personal antidote. Um, but, you know, I have a friend, you know, he's a male. He's, he's very nice. He's really cool. He's a really, you know, a lot of, a lot of positive attributes, but you know, he is single and of course, you know, he would like to be with somebody and, um, you know, sometimes he feels like he comes off too strong to females and they feel put off by him and part of that is because he is so eager to release and it can be scary if for a female you know and makes make would make a girl a woman not want to be around that person so um so you know um I, I would advise him to, you know, stop eating those foods that's making him too, you know, too eager, you know, and, and so foods that would help him calm down are more plant foods, yin quality foods. So instead of eating eggs, have tofu. Instead of eating chicken or fish, you know, have some bean products, eat more vegetables, cool cool yourself out in that way so you can be more calm, approach people in a more calm way, and not have people feel like, ugh, this is too aggressive, you know? Okay, so now we're going to talk about vegans uh, eating eggs. So like I mentioned, when I was talking about the food spectrum, the yin and yang food spectrum, you know, you see what's trendy now is a lot of people are eating raw, raw vegan, fruitarian. Okay, if you're going to eat raw, like basically means no cooking, you're not adding any heat to your food you're not adding any yang energy to your food now if you wanted to be raw vegan that would make sense for someone who's coming from all the, all they ate was meat okay listen if i'm be if i'm gonna be truthful with you if you're someone on the keto diet <laughs> You need the raw vegan diet, okay? But you see, none of these lifestyles are long-lasting. You can't survive this way for very long. You're going to have problems. And you're going to want to create some kind of balance by going to the other side. That's why the macrobiotic lifestyle opens, opens you up towards everything you understand what this food will do to you you have tried it out for yourself so you are in a better position to make your own choices not follow 
strict guidelines. You are free because one day you don't know what the situation is going to be, what the weather is going to be like, what food is available to you. So what are you going to do? Are you going to starve? You got to make the best of the situation. And also your condition changes. Your condition changes. One day you could be super depressed and lethargic. You need some yang energy. One day you could be really angry and aggressive. You need some yin energy. You can't, you know, life changes. You change. You have to be flexible. You have to be adaptable. So the problem is with vegans and fruit raw vegans actually just any vegan honestly i'm gonna say but especially raw vegans and especially fruitarians because you know if you're just vegan you probably cook your food sometimes you probably have a little bit of salt you know um but the real pro the real um problematic facets of of uh, veganism is when you're fruitarian even more so than a raw vegan because fruitarian you just eat fruit you just eat sugar that's all it is you're not you're not if you remember the spectrum fruit is more yin than vegetables at least raw vegans they eat vegetables they eat beans you know um some seeds and nuts that's a little bit more towards the center that's a little bit more balanced but if you're just fruitarian i i really hope that one day my boyfriend would like to speak on his experience he was a fruitarian and oftentimes you know how many times i've had conversations with raw vegans i've had conversations with fruitarians and even vegans who's who have said even um what's the other popular one alkaline vegan people who follow dr sebi you know how many times they say yeah i was doing that for a while but i really i just have to eat eggs now and what what is this whole podcast about eggs (laughs) you know so the fact that you have to go from that extreme to that extreme to create balance you don't have to do that That's what I'm saying. When I promote this lifestyle, you don't have to confine yourself. You can have greater understanding and live a balanced life where you don't have to break rules. Where now, oh, I couldn't be a raw vegan my whole life. I only lasted, you know, whatever amount of time. So now I eat eggs. And it's like, girl, you really shouldn't be eating eggs, girl. (laughs) You shouldn't be a raw vegan and you shouldn't be eating eggs. But, you know, um, but to add on top of that, you know, the trend now is most raw vegans, more most fruitarians, they also smoke pot. So what you're doing to yourself there, you're not helping yourself. You're really, really, really not helping yourself. And like I said, when I was talking about cannabis earlier, you know, if you're going to be smoking cannabis, you probably should be eating meat. I really would not recommend, first of all, you know, I really, I really don't recommend eating meat and I really don't recommend smoking pot. But if you're going to do that, you have to eat meat. It's not sustainable to be 
getting high and also eating raw vegan also being a fruitarian also just being a vegan because if you try to keep that balance you're gonna end up going towards more junk food more vegan junk food because vegan junk food has more salt which is what you need when you're when you're ingesting an extreme yin substance like cannabis you're opening 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 you have to contract and because you're not eating meat because you're not eating eggs you're gonna go towards table salt and table salt remember like i said in the spectrum is the ultimate yang substance so just because you don't eat meat just because you're um not eating eggs or cheese doesn't mean you're living your your best most healthy life if you're also smoking pot and you're trying to be vegan trying to be raw vegan trying to be fruitarian you know same thing goes with alcohol same thing goes with alcohol and uh honestly same thing goes if you are taking medication um so that is that um Now, the last question that I'm going to answer in this episode is what would a macrobiotic person do if they were, had the choice to eat eggs? Honestly, uh, if you're in good health, listen, every macrobiotic person is different because every person is different. Every person has their own different constitution what they were born with their own set of personal imbalances whether it be disease physical or mental each person has their own goal and purpose in life so all of these things must be considered when you choose what you're eating i'm gonna speak on my experience i honestly since transitioning into this lifestyle I have never gone to a restaurant and been like if there's a choice to eat an egg I've never been like oh yeah put an egg on it because I know what the egg's gonna do to me I know of a different perspective on eggs and I know for me that's not something I want to ingest put in my body I don't want to contribute to that phenomenon Uh, of you know the factory farming I know energetically what that egg's gonna do to me I know I've ingested many eggs in my life I don't need to eat anymore um but has there been points in the past three years since I've been macrobiotic that I've eaten eggs yes there has been but each situation was different. I didn't ask, I didn't request to eat these eggs. But some kind of way, situations come up where you don't realize, oh, there was an egg in this. Or, you know, um, I didn't specify when I was ordering no egg and they just brought it to me. Now, of course I could have been like, Um, oh, actually, can you take this back? I I didn't realize there was an egg in there. Of course I could have done that. But, you know, um, 
I, I'm not I'm not usually the type of person that says anything at restaurants when, when I get the wrong order. You know, I'm not that kind of person usually. And um and honestly, uh like I said, sometimes people need that kind of energy. And at the time, you know, there was one point where I forgot to specify, hey, no egg. They just brought it to me. I didn't realize an egg was part of the order. And instead of, you know, saying something about it, I just took a few bites of it. And that was it because I was actually feeling during that time that I was too spaced out. I was I was consuming too much yin energy and it was making it difficult for for me to focus it was difficult for me to keep a positive attitude to have energy to you know um get things done so i thought hey you know i didn't ask for this egg but i think i actually need a little bit of this energy so that that would be a situation where um you know that that's a situation where you use your your understanding of macrobiotics to to make a, the best decision for yourself, you know. And um, I do know, uh, you know, maybe there has been once, maybe twice, that my boyfriend he has been macrobiotic since the sixties, um, since he was maybe. 16, 17, 18 years old. In my time being with him the past three years, there's been once where he actually ordered an egg on something and we shared it. So it's so it's not like, um, you know, an, a regular amount of eggs, you know? It was like one egg and we split it and we also didn't eat it all. And another <coughs> another instance was we actually bought like a little half carton of eggs, six eggs, and because um, we just wanted to try out a recipe. So again, we actually only ate one of those eggs between the two of us. So um, you know, and that's none of us have a, a dire health condition, but. If you were someone else with a different health condition, say you had ovarian cancer, some kind of issue with your reproductive organs, absolutely do not eat eggs. That's it, you know? Um, If you would like more guidance, if you're currently struggling with something like that, a more serious condition, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I am not going to say I can help you cure your cancer, but I can definitely give you contact information to someone who has more experience with this type of illness and you can get help with that person. When I speak on what I'm speaking about, I'm speaking from my experience, from my understanding and it has helped me come this far, so I'm sure it can help others make progress in their life with where they're at. But if you're struggling with a more delicate situation, you must seek out someone who has deeper understanding for that situation. 
Um, so, just wanted to put that out there. That is the this episode on eggs. I hope you got a bigger picture on on this source of energy <laughs> on this on this um food choice if you want to make it a food choice if you don't want to make it a food choice again i always encourage you to do your own research i really encourage you to check out some more literature on macrobiotics i encourage you to look on youtube um i ha- actually have some lectures on my channel from um different classes i've taken i I suggest you look up Michio Kushi. I suggest that you um, experiment for yourself. You know, don't just blindly follow anything I say or that anyone says. You must help yourself by learning, you know, what you can but also applying it for yourself and knowing for yourself does this work for me does it not work for me okay what's the balance what's the ratio you know everybody is different my routine is probably not your routine you know we have a different body we have a different spirit a different mind a different life purpose different set of goals different set of limitations and obstacles we probably live in a different part of the world that's another thing you have to consider so that is everything i hope you enjoyed this podcast don't forget don't forget to follow me on instagram at the underscore freedom underscore fairy on youtube the freedom fairy check out my etsy shop not your average card where you can buy my macrobiotic zine issue one um and if you're wanting to seek personal consultation for your transformation into the macrobiotic lifestyle and any other questions or concerns that you have you can schedule a call with me using the link below and i hope that you have a great rest of your evening afternoon or morning peace